Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hi there, bed crimers. Hope you're all doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Do me a favor. If you find you enjoyed this content or learned something, smash that like button and consider subscribing. Now let's dig in. Most of us have never met Wendy Adelson. In case you don't know, She's Charlie Adelson's sister. He's the guy who was recently convicted for his role in law professor Dan Markell's death. She's also Dan Markell's ex-wife. And she's the recently arrested Donna Adelson's daughter. Because none of us have met Wendy Adelson, we have to rely on what we see her say and do in court and on what people who do know her have to say about her. Today, I thought it'd be very interesting to examine what we do know about Wendy Adelson and what other people who know her have said about her, either in court or during their interviews with investigators. Here's what we know about Wendy Adelson right out of the gate, without having to tap into the information supplied by people who have spent time with her. One, she's an intelligent woman. I base this on her educational background. She was valedictorian of her high school class. She has a BA from Brandeis University with a major in Peace and Conflict Studies. She graduated magna cum laude. She also has a degree from the University of Cambridge, where she studied international relations. In addition to that, she went to the University of Miami and obtained her law degree. She also wrote a novel, although anyone can self-publish a book, and just because it's published and you can buy it on Amazon doesn't mean that it's brilliant and it doesn't mean that it's interesting or well-written. I'm going to also add that we haven't heard any wiretaps of Wendy talking about the crime, loose lips sink ships, right? So this tells me that she's a tad savvier than her brother Charlie and her mother Donna, although she did bring up the hitman joke in her interview with the cops on the day of the crime. It would also appear that she drove very close to the crime scene after the crime was committed. She also confided in her ex-boyfriend, Jeff Lacasse, that in the summer of 2013, her brother Charlie looked into every possible solution to the Dan Markell problem, including hiring hitmen. All of this talk and the action of driving near the crime scene have definitely come back to haunt her. She's also a woman who cares about her appearance. I say this because she's known for wearing blue contact lenses. You don't wear colored contact lenses and you don't get your hair highlighted if you don't care about your appearance. Now, this is probably unimportant to the case, but I just thought I'd mention it. She also has run many marathons and appears to take very good care of herself. And I think maybe her mother, Donna, instilled all of this in her because Donna appears to take yoga classes as well. And there is a photo of the two of them posing 
in dresses, and Donna seems to be wearing a somewhat, shall we say, revealing black lace dress. Now let's talk about what Jeff Lacoste, the ex-boyfriend, said about Wendy. FYI, Lacoste dated Wendy after her divorce from Dan Markell and prior to Markell's murder. Specifically, Jeff and Wendy dated from September 27th of 2013 to mid-July of 2014. Lacoste is an assistant professor of social work at Florida State University, which means that he's likely well-versed in mental health issues and knowledge. And note that Lacoste looks an awful lot like Danny Markell. Jeff Lacoste said that Wendy often complained about two things. One, her ex-husband, Danny Markell, and two, her dislike for Tallahassee. Per Lacoste, Wendy talked about those subjects so much that it got old. He was hoping she'd get over Danny and stop talking nonstop smack about him. Lacoste also said that Wendy was bitter about having to live in Tallahassee because of Danny Markell and his job at FSU. Lacoste, when questioned at Katie McBanawa's trial, said that Wendy adopted the victim role as her default social role to get people to feel sorry for her. She endlessly talked about how terrible Danny Markell was toward her, and she did this even to some of Danny's own law professor colleagues. Lacoste also stated in court, that Wendy had insecurities about being a single mother with two kids when it came to dating. And this apparently was born out of her brother Charlie telling her after her divorce that guys don't like dating women with children. However, Charlie appears to contradict his own edict because he was dating Katie McBanawa, a single mom, and that was back in 2014, the year of Danny Markell's death. Lacoste said that Wendy was a nervous wreck, at least during the week of June 4th through June 9th in 2014. She was so anxiety-riddled during this period that he made a 30-minute drive to the store one night to get her some Pepto-Bismol for her upset stomach. Note that it was during the same week that the two hired hitmen, Sigfredo Garcia and Luis Rivera, made their first road trip from Miami to Tallahassee to do in Danny Markell. However, Garcia and Rivera got cold feet when they had trouble isolating Danny from his kids. Apparently, Danny had his kids with him the whole time, and Rivera, although he was a Latin king and the head of one sector of the Latin kings, had a rule not to commit such a crime in front of somebody's children. Thus, Rivera and Garcia drove back to Miami without committing the crime. But you have to wonder, was Wendy aware that these two hitmen were in town during that period? And is that why her stomach was giving her issues and she was so full of anxiety? And per Lacoste, Wendy would get very stressed out every time Danny Markell filed a new motion in court against her. Lacoste also described Wendy as crying a lot over nonspecific things. Sounds like she was prone to crying fits, but she failed to express exactly why she was crying. Per Lacoste, Wendy also asked advice 
about things a teenager might ask for input on. It sort of sounded like he saw Wendy as a younger person masquerading in the body of a grown woman. Lacoste said Wendy used her two sons as tools at time. He explained this by saying he quickly got close to the little boys and Wendy would use his attachment to them to, quote, string him along. Lacoste also said that Wendy was, quote, deeply deceitful, end quote, and not very good at it. I'm wondering if Lacoste said this because he claimed Wendy was talking to and meeting up with other guys when she and he were supposed to be a devoted couple slash boyfriend and girlfriend. Apparently, Wendy admitted to this behavior at one point, but then retracted her confession. I think we can all agree that Wendy has been deeply deceitful about how she felt about Tallahassee. Everyone from Lacoste to Wendy's brother Charlie Adelson has said Wendy hated being stuck in Tallahassee because of her custody arrangement with Dan Markell. Jeffrey Lacoste also said that Wendy thought she was superior to the people of Tallahassee, that she suffered from arrogance. A lot of us believe, in fact, that one of the motives for the crime against Danny Markell was that Wendy wasn't happy living in Tallahassee, and when she asked the court to allow her to relocate to South Florida with her two sons, the court said no, forcing Wendy to live in Tallahassee until her youngest child was 18 years old, which meant that she would have had to continue living in Tallahassee for 16 more years at that point. Listen to what Wendy said when she was testifying in Katie McBanawa's trial about the court's decision to reject her bid to relocate to South Florida. And you mentioned that you did develop a desire to move to South Florida. Did you file a motion to that effect on January 14th, 2013? That sounds, that sounds, I did file a motion. I don't remember the exact date. Okay, but that sounds about right. All right, and in that motion, did you make some allegations that Mr. Markell was making things difficult for you at work? I did. Okay, and was that motion granted or denied? That motion was denied. All right, denied with prejudice? I don't remember. Okay. If you have it, you can, I'm happy to take a look. Okay, but in any event, you were not able to move at that time. I did not move. And were you upset about being stuck in Tallahassee? I was relieved. You were relieved. You wanted to stay in Tallahassee. I was happy at my job. Did you hear Wendy say she was relieved that the judge denied her request for relocation? If that isn't a flat-out lie, I don't know what is. By the way, when the prosecutor asked her if it was denied with prejudice, that would mean, if it was denied with prejudice, that the decision was final. If it was without prejudice, it would mean it's not final, and it could be subject to further inquiry. In my opinion, Wendy Adelson, despite being a lawyer, has no qualms about perjuring herself on the stand, allegedly. Note that lawyers are not allowed to lie to clients, to courts, or to third parties. Her mother, Donna, has also said that Wendy could be a very good actress when she needed to. I second that. One look at her interview with the police on the day of the crime 
convinces me of this. Wendy also canceled a trip that she and Jeff Lacoste had planned to visit his parents in California. The trip was to be between July 11th through July 17th in 2014. Remember, the crime occurred on July 18th. Wendy said she couldn't go on the trip suddenly because she had to be back on the 17th to pick up her sons. She told Jeffrey Lacoste that she was afraid that their return flight would be canceled on the 17th, preventing her from being home to get her sons from school on the 17th. And July 18th turned out to be the day of the crime. In my opinion, this hints to Wendy Adelson knowing ahead of time that the crime was planned and that Danny Markell was going to be cornered in his garage on July 18th. And as I said earlier, Lacoste also testified that Wendy confidentially confessed to him on July 13th of 2014, just five days before Dan Markell's death, that her brother Charlie looked into all possibilities for dealing with the Dan Markell problem including hiring a hitman in the summer of 2013. Wendy, on the stand, denied that she ever said this, but I tend to believe Jeffrey Lacoste. When testifying, Lacoste occasionally admitted when he could not answer a question. He was very clear about what he remembered and what he didn't remember. To me, he came across as a very credible witness. Lacoste also claimed Wendy was very calculating, I believe he said this because after Dan Markell's death, Jeffrey saw things in what Wendy said and did that led him to believe she was setting him up to look like a suspect. First, she told the investigators to consider Lacoste as someone who might want to harm Danny Markell. Do you know anybody that would have a beef against your ex-husband? Thus, Wendy threw Jeff under the proverbial bus. She also threw Charlie, her brother, under that same bus. Anything to save one's own hide is what it, this looks like. Lacoste felt that Wendy, by asking him repeatedly about when he was leaving for a road trip to Tennessee, was trying to make sure Jeffrey left at around 11 a.m. on Friday, July 18th, the same day and the same hour of the crime. Lacoste made a point to describe his vehicle as a silver sedan that looked strikingly similar in profile to the Prius the hitman drove to the scene of the crime. Now, Jeffrey ended up leaving on Thursday for that trip, and he didn't tell Wendy. So at 11 a.m. on July 18th, Jeffrey Lacoste was already in Tennessee, and he had a receipt from Walmart along with his cell phone records to prove it. Lacoste also said Wendy often demonstrated erratic behavior, and what she said didn't match her actions. I think Lacasse may have been referring to Wendy's hot and cold feelings toward him. One minute she wanted to break up, the next she wanted to have more time to ponder things. Per Lacasse, Wendy once told him that they should start getting the kids, meaning her sons, to call him, meaning Jeff, daddy. 
She also advised him not to buy a Jeep when he was considering a new vehicle and instead to get a car where they could put two infant car seats. I'm now wondering if one of the reasons Wendy chose to date Jeffrey Lacoste was because he bore such a striking resemblance to Dan Markell. Now, I know this is a stretch, but did Wendy think that her two little boys might grow up and merge their memories of their dad, Danny Markell, with those of Lacoste? Did Wendy have a plan originally to marry Jeffrey Lacoste, but did she ultimately decide not to go through with that and maybe think, well, maybe that's not necessary? Lacoste also talked about the celebration dinner that Charlie Adelson had with Wendy after the crime. Wendy vomited at the table during this meal. She claims this happened because she hadn't eaten any food after Danny's death, and she hadn't gone out. I think Wendy Adelson maybe got sick to her stomach, both back in June when Garcia and Rivera were in Tallahassee on their first road trip there, and during this celebration dinner post-Danny's death, because maybe she has a soupçon of conscience, and having the father of her two kids done in did not 100% sit well with her. Maybe she went along with it, seeing it as a necessary dirty deed, allegedly, but somewhere in her gut, she's not really the type to do in other people. Markel sustained catastrophic injuries to his face. Did this make Wendy sick to her stomach? Did she see him in the hospital bed? Did the vision of his injured face and head haunt her at night? Some people are good with making criminal decisions, but they aren't capable of being the trigger person, if you know what I mean. Jeffrey Lacoste also told the cops that the crack on Wendy's television, the TV that her brother Charlie supposedly bought her as a divorce gift, the one that was being examined by a repairman on the day of the crime, looked like it was made by something very heavy. Per Lacoste, the deep crater could not have been caused by Wendy's young sons throwing something at the screen. He said the little boys could not have handled anything that heavy at the time. Was that Wendy and Donna creating an alibi for Wendy? Put a crack in the TV? Make an appointment with a repairman who will be at your house when your ex-husband is done in in his garage? And in that way, the repairman can be an impartial third party who can verify your alibi? I believe Jeffrey Lacoste dodged a bullet, pun intended, when Wendy broke up with him. And when Lacoste made the decision to leave on Thursday, July 17th, instead of Friday, July 18th, for his trip to Tennessee, I think he dodged another bullet. I hope all this gives you a clear portrait of Wendy Adelson as described by her ex-boyfriend of nine months, social work professor Jeffrey Lacoste. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, it's good to be back with you guys.